and uh, a very, very warm welcome uh, to Khyati Bhatt. Uh, I have been planning this podcast in my mind for years now. Actually, I haven't told you this for at least two, two and a half years. And okay. I've been saying, you someday I'll ask her and I don't know what to ask her or what if she asks me something in return and I don't know what to answer. All kinds of scenarios have been running in my head. Uh, for the audience, uh, Kyati uh, runs an organization called Simply Body Talk, uh, which specializes in body language and helps corporates and businesses uh, better their chances at doing their uh, services better, interacting better, communication better, uh, and a host of things. The last few days, uh, we've been lucky to talk about certain common things. And uh, I'm both uh, encouraged and disappointed that I cannot figure out that how can you do so many things within the umbrella of body language. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to ask you some questions on that as well. But Prima Vesi, uh, while I welcome you to the show, my first question is a very provocative one, uh, which is all that I plan when I'm setting up. So all of it, all others are going to be impromptu. Uh, do you okay. judge people quickly uh, because you know the secret language that most of us may not? Does that happen to you? So, first of all, I should just thank you for inviting me, Bunty, as I know you. Yeah. Uh, and as I have known you through the years that we've, you know, interacted with each other. Uh, so, I mean, I've been a listener all my life. So that's just me uh, being told since I was growing up, okay, this is not something you discuss. This is not something we talk about, things like that, or, you know, uh, social norms or things that I wanted were out of the... Uh, ordinary so different people along the way sometimes I feel that you know if I say this I will get judged things like that so whatever said and done I have always been a listener which means when you are listening you are not busy talking you get to see what others are saying so that just makes you a little better at observing people but through the years one thing I've realized is uh, you know, you want to be able to understand people through their body language, but that doesn't mean you want to judge them. So this is a question I get asked often that, oh, you can read people, so I should not, you know, I should mind my body language. That's not really the agenda that either I, you know, believe in or I teach others. The idea should just be if I can understand you better, I should know, you know, what you are liking, what you're not comfortable with. And that's what I would like to converse with and connect you with. So that's been my funda. And, you know, uh, to answer your question shortly, just to understand people is how I take it. You actually dug very deep in the first question itself. Uh, so can you tell us a little more about what were things that were allowed or not allowed? Because uh, while listening is a fine art and uh, good that you got onto this bandwagon of studying people uh, a lot more earlier than most of us would have. But uh, just enlighten me if you are okay with the idea of sharing on camera some of the examples, things that you were told to do or not to do, what would they be? Okay, so for example, you know, in a social setup, especially the family setup, there are some topics that, you know, 
don't go well with certain family members so then your well wishers will tell you okay if you discuss that this with so and so they might take it in so and so manner now as a child it becomes difficult to understand that acha bua ke sath ye baat karni hai chacha ke sath ye baat karni hai you know with your in laws these are things you want to talk about so it's better to just not talk that's the uh, simple funda as i put it even when you know i was discussing my uh, career plans with my family uh, they were a little different than what most people would say so then one day my mother told me you know you told this to me you don't go and tell it to anybody else again you know it just confuses you that okay what am i supposed to talk about so then i just made a very simple funda that i don't want to talk at all it's just better to keep things to yourself and you know probably one day i will find somebody who i can confide in and you know talk things out with and luckily for me i found a life partner and you know life has been good after that so that's how it's been um, are these things uh, a part of being born a girl in india or were they generic to all the children in your family i don't know about that i mean uh, again you know once you start looking at things you can observe you know how things are going sometimes you can observe chemistry between people sometimes you know things that look okay but they are not okay so i mean that's just the way it has been for me so i'm not very sure that it's being told to kids not to speak up or anything of that sort i mean i come from a family where uh, people are all really very well read uh, we've been taught to stand up for what we believe in so it's not that you know there are the social taboos and all it's just that you know as a society you just want people not to feel bad so that being said you know uh, there are no norms as such that you don't say things the idea is not to be impolite to people that's how it's there so did you feel stifled at any point of time uh, in terms of uh, see you have a very fertile mind uh, i do agree that you uh, whenever i have spoken to you my understanding has been that you are very clear in what you are wanting to talk about or uh, the usage of words is very precise most of the time but having said that when you were growing up did this uh, have any impact on your uh, thoughts as a communicator or even as a person that you want to say something but you are forever trying to be a little stiff you are stifling yourself in a way so that nobody else is um, minding your business if i were to see it from their point of view so i have always made it a point to tell people what i want okay so that's just been me uh, while you know there are two ways to look at it one is that okay in the social norms this is what is okay to say this is what is not okay to say so if you see me in any kind of social setup i would be zipped i would not talk at all now i found a sweet spot where you know i'm more of the conversation uh, what should we say director so wherever i feel that okay i have not spoken for a very long time i would just try and direct the conversation in a different direction that's just how it goes but at the other end i always believed in standing up for what i want that i have been very clear about because unless you say what you want uh, it will just be society dictating how you live your life that's unacceptable to me so uh, you know in terms of the career choices in terms of uh, the kind of things i've read the kind of 
people or personalities have believed in it's been a little different uh, so there is a friend of mine who used to tease me that you know out of the entire store if there is a section that nobody will go to and purchase from khyati will be there and making our purchases so that's okay for me i like to be different and uh, i like to say whatever i want so i'll give you a few examples for example when i was choosing the career uh, i had a choice of joining into medical line so most of my family is from medicine um, even my siblings my uh, you know cousins their uh, partners all of them and when i had a choice i was getting admission into the most prestigious university in gujarat and not just my father even the counselor who was you know signing on to the admission they asked me twice to think whether i actually want to go into engineering or not and i was very clear that if there's something i like that's coding that's you know thinking about uh, macroeconomics that's the kind of uh, engineering that i chose and that's what i pursued after that came the choice that okay most people in our family have never chosen a job why do you want to do a job i said that's what i want to do and that's what i will do so i chose a job of my liking uh, after that when i settled into the job i was making good money then i wanted to quit again that question was raised that now that you are doing so well why do you want to quit and do your own thing so again i stood up and i said that okay this i am very clear that you know i have seen how corporate life works and i don't believe i'm cut out for it i am from a family or rather a background of entrepreneurs i would want to just you know be my own uh, uh, you know let's say decision maker so i would like to take up a business of my own and again uh, my family hears me out you know they all have uh, in terms of objections they are just there as the devil's advocate helping me to be very sure that i am taking the right call after that uh, i'm able to convince them and uh, you know to answer again your question in a short manner in the social setup you keep mum but when it comes to taking your life decisions i have never taken what somebody is given me i've always been you know sure of what i want and taken that path obviously there are times when you feel that okay this call was not right let's take a direction in a different way and that's okay right we all keep learning as we grow and that's absolutely fine and uh, do no regret thus far so that's been my journey so um it's a very strange combination of staying quiet and being confident in a very peculiar manner if i were to say so um do you do people around you think that you are difficult to be with because you have all the answers uh i'm not very sure about that i mean nobody has all, told me that you have all the answers uh, and i don't think i have all the answers <laughs> right my uh, even right now whatever my career is my job is more to guide people towards what they know they want like if i were to talk about personal coaching so it's never that you have all the answers in fact right now i'm working with a client who sometimes tells me why don't you tell me what has to be done so i have to tell him that you know my job is not to tell you how things are done my job is just to help you figure out you know what will work because everybody's personality is different everybody's style of doing things is different so there is never one answer to things there are always different choices it's just about figuring out what will work the best for you and that's really the way i would like to keep it so in terms of being approachable i 
think most people are looking for a good listener and if you can be that then you know you have your uh, career cut out for you if i may say so so as a trainer i have to put on a different personality where you have to tell people yes this is what will work this is what will work but as a coach you have to lend an ear to people uh, so you have to kind of you know mix the two personalities so yes there are those who tell you in that role as a trainer that give me what has to be done and there you have to play that role but when you are one on one with people they are there to listen to you and looking for you to just nudge them into the right direction so you, i'm i think i'm able to balance the two out so okay um you did mention very briefly that you have uh, also made mistakes in your career uh, you've course corrected yourself in your work life or personal life whatever it may be so can you give us an example where you thought because you also did mention uh, clarity is something that you are you have an innate understanding of what you want uh, that i can also tell you the context where i'm coming from uh, you know uh, a much misunderstood thing about people who are clear in their communication is that they've got the that's where the question also came from do you have all the answers because everybody thinks that you have all the answers it's not that uh, a person has all the answers that you gauge things better uh, you are able to understand the nuances or at least work on the nuances a little more your ability to withstand setbacks is also uh, part of the embedded code of knowing what you want uh, so my question comes from uh, can you give us an example of where you did not uh, things did not go as planned and then you had to course correct yourself anything that you can share on camera obviously i think that there are lots and lots of these so i'll start with engineering itself uh, when okay. i joined i was very clear that i want to go into information technology mm. i had done some amount of research about you know what all goes into the field or what to expect now the day i joined into engineering i got to know i didn't know about this maybe now looking back i feel dumb but at that time i was just uh, what should i say 19 year old so that's okay uh, what i got to know is the first year of engineering you are supposed to do mechanical drawing civil engineering again go back to physics things i didn't really like when i was studying for my boards so that came as a big shock to me and the first day i walked into college i had second thoughts that whether i have done the right thing or not so that being said you know that was the first regret i had in terms of my career choice that have i walked into the right thing because before this i was very clear i don't want to become a doctor but then once i chose what i wanted to the first year was hell after that things became good i started enjoying so that was the first thing then uh, coming to my uh, uh, post graduation so when i was uh, selecting the specialization the field in which i wanted to specialize i chose wealth management again um, the idea was to learn something i didn't know at all so stocks uh, personal investments these are things i had not heard about at all so it looked like something fun to work with that's why i chose finance and wealth management as my uh, specialization when i joined into my first role uh, which was a business analyst this is all way back in 2005 i joined in bangalore and i was uh, 
i thought i made a very wise choice so business analysis is a role in which information technology meets finance so i was handling a team where uh, you know we would be given some requirements of the clients uh, having some financial products and the team is working on it and i have to give my inputs on finance so it looked like fantastic okay i'm going to use all my skills of being an it engineer and a combination of finance uh 8 months into the role i was all, already looking for a switch why because the job was not stimulating enough i need something that really makes me think a lot so again you know uh the corporate office called me and told me okay if you are looking for a switch we have an opening in the corporate office why don't you just take a switch to uh, mumbai so that's when i joined into hardcore finance uh, i did around one and a half years of that and then i realized that you know too much of number crunching i cannot sleep at night and if i'm spending 8 to 8 in the office it's better to spend that on my job on something i like doing not on you know doing it for somebody else so that's when i realized okay let me start something of my own and then i joined my mother in law's business because there was a lot to learn after 2 years of that i realized okay this is her passion it's not my passion i want to do something that is my calling so 2013 is when i started my company and after that there has been no looking back so a lot of you know things were you keep you keep discovering yourself right when you are young there is nothing cut out and given to us on a platter you keep on discovering what's working what's not working and even if you keep crossing things off according to me it's good enough and it's worked out well for me again no regrets these are all experiences they all add up to your personality and what you put out there is your experience so some examples there do all these experiences make you a little more compassionate towards people who are unclear when they are searching for what motivates them in life do you think that is yeah. an that is an ability that has come only because you seen the quote unquote darker side i remember in my first year of engineering there were times when i was walking alone to the bus stop and new bombay wasn't as developed then and the bus stop was quite far from the college building And there were days when I used to think, I think I should die. I can't stand this physics and this and that. And I didn't even know that I could be a writer. Uh, I came from a background where even after becoming a writer, it took me. I think in the first year, all my highs were shared with no one because nobody understood what I was doing. And they thought being a copywriter meant uh, being. They confused it with calligraphy. They said, "Oh, you have good handwriting." Okay, no, I don't. But it became difficult. Okay. And, um, so i understand uh, that but do you think uh, your personality has has calmed down or uh, because intellect has this whole thing of making us very very proud and arrogant at times uh, uh, coming from personal experience also uh, sometimes i have people who don't get it very quickly and when the things are in a rush and you want to get something to finish in time especially advertising being led by deadlines more often than not so you're you know you're rushing to get things done and every cog in the wheel is supposed to do their job properly uh, but uh, yeah life experiences have i would want to think any any goodness that i have it is due to those dark days because without that i would not be 
privy to the human condition so do you do you agree on that do you have any thoughts on that yes obviously so uh, see if i am a 40 year old today obviously i cannot expect a 20 or a 30 year old to have the same clarity or speed of working or thinking as i would have today right so uh, this goes every day when I am not just working with clients, but even with my own team members. I mean, I cannot expect them to think out, figure out things at the speed which which I can, because today I have all that experience uh, besides me, right? Yes, it helps me to uh, function better. It helps me to provide that perspective with everybody I speak with and I exchange ideas with. But that cannot be the reasons uh, reason for having that kind of an arrogance. It never can be. And again, with time and with age, you reason this out. Obviously, when you are, you know, scoring good, you are top of your class, uh, you can figure things out like that. That's when you feel that, you know, you are going at a pace that's much faster than others. Yeah. In the beginning, when I started my own business, I used to be that, you know, very impatient. Uh, when people can't figure it out as fast as you can. But with time, I've realized that, you know, instead of expecting people to run like you, it's better to uh, break it down for them. That can help them to cope better and to, you know, figure things out by themselves. But uh, you have to have that kind of patience with people. Again, be it your vendors, be it your clients, be it your team members. Give them that time and uh, scope for making mistakes that you also did at one point in time. So experience is always, you know, wise. And having that gray hair is also to our advantage. So, uh, What do you fear today? If you had to name one or more things that you fear or that makes you feel a little vulnerable, uh, is there anything that you look at and feel, oh, I don't know how I'll manage this or that. Two things, two things. Uh, one is uh, the two people who are the most dear to me in the world, my spouse and my daughter. If anything happened to any one of them, I don't know how I'll survive. So that's one. And the other one is my business because it is my passion in and out. So if something happened to uh, my business, I don't know how I'll survive. So... Yeah, you just brought tears thinking about that. So, two things that I fear the most. Okay. Uh, I'll continue this line of thought in a different manner. Uh, do you think okay. one can plan for these in what could be eventually the truth uh, in a way, in a broad manner of speaking, everything that we have at some point as we have to perhaps lose in a so is there any planning or is there any thought process that can help one with uh, a lot of people fall back upon religion. I am unaware of what your thought process is about that. Um, also because I respect your, the way you think about the other issues of your life. Uh, so it is surprising. Uh, uh, I would like to be surprised is a better way it, to find out how you deal with is there any planning? Is there any thought process that uh, you make friends with this kind of um, possible discomfort? Or what do you do? Say your daughter, I remember I have a young daughter as well and 
when she was very very young i think when she uh, fell sick i remember calling up there was this friend in the uk and my daughter was just crying and i'm and i'm calling and i'm crying i'm unable to tell her only what is wrong <laughs> where is speak up how will i know how will i diagnose anything and mom was quiet and mom spoke to her and she said this is oh there is nothing just gas hoga and just apply something to the stomach i don't remember what it was and she was okay within like 2 seconds but just the thought that oh man how do you resolve this and uh, even thinking of this right now makes me feel oh my god it's such a such a difficult moment to deal with uh, today i'm a lot better i would want to think that uh, i try to uh, remember to be calm uh, in situations which are out out of control sometimes could be anything she's gone to a tuition she's not picking up her call and just because she's in a rickshaw she's not responding but i i wait i said oh, let's see what happens so uh, any such things that you want to share anything at all what you are comfortable with so the thing is i think for us to just be aware that you know there are these uh, extreme situations that we fear for me that is the biggest thing because sometimes we don't even know that these are things that are the ultimate fears for us so uh, it's taken me some time to come to terms with the fact that you know no matter how strong i want to think i am how strong willed i want to be these are the ultimate things which if something happened you know you just don't know how to figure it out so that took some time but now i know it uh, my daughter recently went on a trip and uh, this was the first time we allowed her to you know go by herself with her uh, peers and without a cell phone on her so the first day uh, everybody <laughs> called and told me oh khati your daughter is going we know you are not going to be able to you know deal with it so i was kind of you know putting on that act oh nothing's going to happen i'm going to chill out and have a lot of fun and all that so first night was like you know superb nobody to worry about nobody at home morning i don't have to wake up you know no panicking i can do things like i like and thinking that okay when she goes to college this is a life i'm going to enjoy <laughs> uh then the pictures started coming into the groups so the uh, teachers had made these groups in which you know they keep sharing pictures uh, because this is uh, my profession i can see pictures and understand what's happening and the third day so they'd gone gone for some four days not much third day when those pictures came up i could see that she was not well and there was no way to communicate with her and from that day like the two nights when she was not there i could not sleep a wink just knowing that she is not well that is the thing that you know as parents makes us feel uncomfortable and no matter how much you try to reason out with it there is absolutely no reasoning so i remember there are these moments in my life when i called my mother and told her i'm sorry when i was young i told you that you know you, what you are asking of me it's impossible but now i can empathize because i am in your shoes so those are the things you absolutely don't know what to do and i don't know what to do so i cannot rationalize as of now and i don't think i want to think about it keeping yourself busy is probably the way to go about it but i don't think it will work out so let's see when we get there yeah yeah thank you that was quite touching and uh, well one can visualize what happens i can completely empathize and 
I am trying in my own way. She is about to enter college in a couple of months. So, uh, I guess uh, I have been asking her that you will go on and lead the way and we have to go from here to point A or point B. Chalo, you guide us how we are going on, just to ensure that she knows the way and she knows how to catch a train or whichever college she lands up in. But yeah, having said that, there is no network and battery went off and all those things still keep happening and uh, one has to be very it's more like you know these are things that are dear to us right so dear to the extent that uh, you don't know how to survive without them that's probably why you know uncertainty is what bothers us that's yeah uh, you know the sense i'm getting even from the examples that you are sharing yeah um and I find it beautiful. Uh, uh, while as a parent, I uh, do have these thoughts. Uh, as a as a person who likes to study himself, I also see myself as a as an observer. Uh, so this is where the cookie crumbles, is it? Uh, you've been practicing A, B, C ways of meditation. In my case, people do all kinds of things. But in my case, I do meditation. And so this is where the fear comes. And when fear comes, this is how your mind reacts. This is how your body is. It helps. It of course it helps a lot. And uh, luckily, she's also uh, done one course. Uh, at least we can talk about it. Uh, very often, what I find is uh, talking about things that are uh, that make us human, uh, not just parents. Because as as kids, our uh, uh, first outlook of things is parents are perfect. I see this in my daughter quite a lot. Whatever I say is kind of the gospel truth. And uh, so very often I've been sharing things which kind of break that mold. Okay, look, uh, dad is not as perfect. Now I think she tells me more often than I would like to hear. But initially I kind of said, okay, this is uh, these are things I'm uncomfortable with or we are with this group of friends and my friends have made fun of me in front of you. I don't like it. Whatever, small things which show the vulnerable side of me and it helps because it also helps her open up and talk about things which are otherwise she wouldn't have perhaps shared with me. And off late also, uh, we were communicating about something and she did say that. That it is only because you are okay with what I share and you don't judge me, I'm able to do this. Uh, <clears throat> one other question that I want to ask you is uh, on the professional front uh, when dealing with a client or uh, when dealing with your team members who are dealing with a client say you know better so this is an actual on ground situation say uh, suppose I am your client for whatever reason I come from an advertising background I ask you to help me with film or brand or something where I'm struggling with the understanding of what pictures to use or uh, nuances in the film that I'm writing, storyboards or whatever it is that you offer. Now, suppose you know better, but your team member is communicating something and uh, I am liking what he or she is saying. And we are kind of, oh, lovely, lovely, we got to do this. And you realize that you can do better but at that point, there is no way of interjecting and saying, hey, look, this is not working. 
So again, it is a vulnerability because uh, of the three things that you said that you fear your uh, business is one. And that you that is because you are passionate about it. Since, since you are passionate, you would not want some crappy thing to go out even if the client is ecstatic about it. How do you deal with a matter where uh, all the wisdom that you have cannot be shared in that moment and perhaps it's a very decisive moment. Maybe you are getting the job because I'm liking what your staff is saying. Uh, what would you do and how would you resolve the situation? This is for my understanding of how you deal with because your field is also very subtle. It's not an everyday thing where you are doing accounts and then later you send a different paper saying oh, there was an accounting mistake. You cannot do that. So how do you deal with uh, human emotions in that space? Okay, so uh, my mother-in-law has taught me one mantra when I used to, you know, work with her in our business. When a client asks for something and you feel you can deliver it, even if it's not really what you do, but you are confident that you can deliver what they are asking, first instinct should be a yes, not a no. So uh, to answer your question, supposing the client is asking for something, my team member is promising it to them and I am there in that room. Uh, two things will happen. One is if I can understand that what's getting promised is something I can deliver even if it's not my forte, uh, I will not want to interject because one, we are getting the client to you know start confiding in us and second, I would not want to contradict what my team member is promising. Maybe mm -hmm. once we come back because most of the deals, they are never closed on the spot. There is always, you know, that it's a long process, at least for us. Like, you know, there's a little back and forth. Uh, we'll be sharing what we can deliver. They'll be asking, okay, can you also add these requirements, things like that. So uh, given that, you know, we would want to come back and discuss exactly what we can deliver, how much we can promise and how much we can say we can deliver. But the idea is not to over-promise on things we cannot deliver, right? So that being said, if on the moment I feel that they are over-promising things, maybe I will step in. But otherwise, I will let them take that charge, come back and then talk it out with them. That when you promise so and so, uh, do you really think we can deliver or not? Because sometimes every assignment is a little different from the others. There have been times when, you know, we've been asked to do things which are not exactly our domain, but they are things we can deliver. And to give that confidence to my team members, we would have said a yes, right? And another thing is, it's not just with the team members, it's even with the clients. In the beginning, when I used to work with certain clients, uh, I remember uh, because you can see 10 things you can work with, I would give them that entire list. Here are things that need improvements and here are all the things I can work with you. And suddenly people go on that back foot because uh, you are showing them all their vulnerabilities in one go. So even if you can see 10 things you can work with them on, it's always a good idea to take it a step at a time because nobody wants to be shown that, you know, I'm not good at what I'm already doing. So it's always one step at a time with clients and with my team, you know, letting them take charge unless they are talking about things I feel we can't tell it. Uh, there's one question that is running in my head uh, about your 
value system uh, when dealing with clients. One of the things that uh, I realized during my stint with corporates is that uh, very often profit becomes the only motive for a lot of corporates and uh, it, it tended to be a little problematic in terms of growing uh, my business or uh, communicating my discomfort with, look, I'm not going to do this irrespective of what is happening. So have things like those happened with you? And uh, how do you ensure that this runs down the line throughout your organization when you are, okay, when you're pitching for a client, let's put it this way, because that is the most difficult time to say no to a client because you want the client desperately and then the client is asking for either in terms of moral values or some unfair thing which is not good for your business or completely out of the box something that you did not envisage. Um, has there uh, Have there been any occasions where you felt this? And uh, if yes, how have you dealt with this? Okay, so uh, sometimes uh, it does happen. Uh, I will give you one example. Uh, there was a meeting that had been set up. Okay, mm -hmm. this was done by one of my team members. Now, uh, he had set up the meetings. So I was not directly talking with the team that uh, he was speaking with. We had gone for the meeting. And when we stepped into that room, what happened is instead of the meeting, they had uh, made an entire fleet of their clients sitting, telling them that this, uh, you know, uh, speaker is coming and he will be talking to you about body language and how to use it in your investments, things like that. Now, that was a very, uh, should I put it, very delicate situation. Because at one uh, point, I could have said a flat no, because as a uh, value or as a principle, we do not do free demos. Uh, if you go into the corporate world, you know, if you start saying we do free demos, there are sharks out there. They will just take you for a ride. Okay. So as a concept, we do not do free demos. Now we are walking into that room. It's full of people. Uh, they have spared their time and come and sit there. If I don't deliver, you know, they will be disappointed. Uh, again, if I see a no, the team member who had taken all those efforts, because for him also it was a genuine surprise, he also would feel a little demotivated, right? And uh, the client, on the other hand, uh, they had not done the right thing. It was not fair that without warning, they put us into a situation which, uh, you know, we were not told about. So what do I do over there? So the only way out was we just actually deliver. And once I start speaking, then I do not, you know, think that, okay, because this is a free thing. These are only the things I should share. These are things I should not talk about. Because I believe that, you know, knowledge is something where there should not really be barriers. Okay, so this is one such situation. After the uh, one hour talk was done, I told my team member that we do not want to entertain this client even if they want to go for paid services. Because if this is the kind of ethos that exists in that organization, they are not people we would like to work with. Okay, and as a, uh, I should say a fortune, 
because sometimes i feel that i'm not so lucky because we've not really grown at the pace i would have liked to work at but when i look back most of the clients not most i should say 99% of clients that i've worked with they have been very clean in their ethos in fact there have been corporates who made us sign those agreements that you will not you know reach out to our people with freebies uh, when i have been you know in that spontaneity i have told some of my clients why don't i bring in some brownies for your team because i am in town and you know your team is an absolute gem i have loved working with them they have told me please do not do that so that comes from you know a fortune i should say that it's good luck to work with people who are very clean about what they want what's uh, acceptable what's not once in a while it does happen and we try and just stay clear of those kind of organizations it's such a joy i do not feel like ending the podcast but i am also running out of questions uh, it's been an absolute uh, joy and honor to see so many different facets of your business and your personality at work uh, you've been uh, very forthcoming in your answers be they personal or uh, professional uh, thank you so much for your time and uh, being on the values workshop uh, i shall see you soon thank you thank you bunty i think as a host you know how to ask the right questions uh, that's probably why you know i enjoyed talking it out a lot of things i have never shared before so mm. that's to you right as a host you've been able to bring that out so thank, thank mm. you so much for that Thank you.